Welcome to the Corporate Caffeine Podcast. Today's episode is actually a recording from one of my recent live streams. I do these every Wednesday at 12.30 Central on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I'd love for you to join me there. Just a warning though, these are a little weirder and a lot more personal. So I hope you enjoy and let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey you guys, Dacia here. For Corporate Caffeine, one of our live stream episodes. And so happy Wednesday to you guys from Cowtown. Um, March Madness is kicking off here in Fort Worth. So uh, lots of basketball players around the city, some really cool energy. We are loving it. Um, side note, for any of you that are in Fort Worth, um, we are going to be starting to have live events. April 29th is going to be our ribbon cutting. So be looking for information about that. If you are wanting to come visit and come chat and, and see us in person, you guys can't see it, but we got a new neon sign. Um, and I am so excited about it and it's just fun, right? It's fun to be back in person. It's fun to see people. It's fun to serve people. And so we are going to really start doing that and making sure that we are getting back together with people to increase their success and to make it personal and to grow our prosperity and our connection and our meaning in the business world together. So I am super, super excited. Cannot wait for that. Um, today's topic is one that I do a lot of private coaching on. It's one that I get a lot of personal um, requests for advice on, and I love it. Uh, so we are talking about how to be a more effective communicator. Now, depending on what role you play in life, I need you to be defining this for yourself. Some people are saying, I want to be a more effective public speaker, or I want to do speaking, or I have to do speaking and I hate it. How do I get better? Some people might be in sales or business development or anything like that. And they are saying, how do I be more successful? How does my communication style help me accelerate that? Other people could just be saying, in my personal relationships, my team, my family, my spouse, my parents, my neighbors, whoever, how do I have more effective communication? How do I either get what I want or be respectful or have better outcomes or whatever? But basically communication is critical, critical, critical at the risk of stating the super obvious. It is critical to your success, however you define that. Because it doesn't matter how many amazing ideas or lack of amazing ideas that you have, they have to be distilled down into something that makes sense and is compelling and influences another person to think differently or do something differently or take action, but somehow engage and invest in what you're saying. They have to be willing to get outside of what's important to them and move into what's important to you and to find their own reasons for aligning behind that. And so that's why we're going to talk about this, because it is a key skill set towards a more joyful, a more peaceful and a more impactful, successful life. And I mean that with all intensity 
and sincerity. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one today. And I would love your questions. Side note for any of you guys that are watching me live, sometimes, as long as the technology is working, okay, I can see your comments. So if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook, which is where I live stream, would love to see you guys in here. At some point in time, I am going to figure out the technology in order to live stream on Instagram at the same time. So you guys might actually see a selfie stand here in the near future and maybe I'll turn on Instagram. So anyways, back to the topic. Now, the very first thing I want to do in regards to great communication is I want to level set. Um, most of you guys know that I have a lot of energy <laughs> and, uh, and communication is something that comes naturally to me. I love it. I am a talker. I am a performer, if you will. I am definitely an extrovert. And so a lot of people have a tendency to want to say, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, or that's only if that comes naturally to you. And so, first of all, the things that I'm going to share with you are not specific to extroverts. If you are an introvert, you can be an incredibly powerful communicator. And oftentimes you are better set up to be a more impactful, successful communicator because you're naturally a better listener. You're naturally paying attention more to what's going on. And that is a huge, 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 massive component to effective communication is reading the room and being aware of the role that you play. And so for you introverts, I really want you to not click away, but to open the possibility in your brain around how can I layer a unique style to me on top of this advice. And so I am going to do my best in order to navigate the introvert extrovert component here because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not set up for failure just because you don't want to own the spotlight all the time. Completely contrary to that. So, all right. First tip. Actually, it turned out that I ended up having 10. So we are going to go through my 10 favorite advice pieces of advice for great communication. If you are interviewing for a job, if you're doing anything, that can help you get what you want. Let's go, right? Okay, so first thing, smile. Or at least show emotion. Because of course you don't need to smile if the topic is not pleasant or is incredibly serious. However, one of the biggest things that I see is that people get so locked inside of their own head that they are trying to strip the emotion out of their communication because they're trying to be professional. And let me break that down. Trying to be is the phrase that's the dangerous part. Anytime you are trying to wrap something around you where you are trying to control things so much, it is going to stifle your natural influence when you are communicating. So if somebody is saying something that deserve that is deserving of encouragement, encourage them, smile, nod, do what you need to do. If somebody is saying something of concern, allow your face to express the fact that you are listening, but really allow your emotions to be evident to people. Your emotion is a gift to other people and to yourself. Now, total separate conversation for another podcast to not be controlled by your emotion. However, emotion is an 
effective, effective communication tool. It is communicating things to you, it is communicating things to other people, and that is important information. And so don't restrain your emotion. And especially if you're trying to be persuasive, yes, smile, smile. When you walk out on stage, when you walk up to someone, when you, when you are engaging, smile. You would be amazed at how infrequently people smile, including in interviews. Now, if you're interviewing somebody, do you seriously want to hang out with a curmudgeon all the time who is incapable of smiling? No, of course not. So do not accidentally communicate that because you're trying to be something that does not allow for real human connection, real humanity, real emotion. So smile. All right. Second thing, and this is an extension on the smile piece. Allow, give yourself permission to make it personal. So this is really where the introvert extrovert piece comes in is be yourself. And one of the things I like to say is name it and claim it, right? So if you're an extrovert, um, or, you know, like in my case, like sometimes I just have too much energy and I talk with my hands. And one of the things that I used to do early in my speaking career was I would make fun of myself because I am incredibly, like I have a lot of physicality when I'm communicating. And so I learned to go bigger with that, what was naturally happening. So I move and I do all of these things and people laugh and I let them. Right. And so I got over myself and just decided to really wear the things that were natural to me. And I've seen um, really wonderful speaker who has an extremely opposite approach as me. So she's natural introvert and she's got a naturally intense, serious uh, approach to her. Um, and her, she is brilliantly brilliantly funny and witty. Um, but it's not this big flamboyant type of witty and funny. It's the kind of, you know, side, you know, side note, um, private joke. She has that kind of tendency. So she's a one-to-one -one person. So how did she become a brilliant speaker? Well, she learned to adopt that on stage and she will even say things and name it and claim it, right? Name that she's an introvert, name that um, she has an awkward, her word, not mine, sense of humor. And she'll even use her slides as um, a punchline in places where she's not comfortable providing that communication. And so she does a really great job using her tendency to be serious and to slow things down and to have a more intimate and even snarky or, you know, inside joke approach, but she names it and claims it. She tells and communicates the, to the audience that that's her style and she says it up front. And so then you're in it with her and it's really, really marvelous. And so instead of apologizing for it, she plays to it and plays with it. And so then the audience becomes a participant in her style. She's brilliant in meetings. She will find a single person to really connect with um, and find an advocate. And so she doesn't try to own the room or wow the room, but she slides into her power inside of her own natural communication style in a way that does build 
advocacy and unity. And it's so, so smart. And it's so effective because it's natural to her. So make it personal, name it and claim it, whatever you are, whatever your style is, it can be effective and it will be effective as long as you are truly being authentic to you. And I know there were a couple of years there that authentic got overused. So I'm bringing it back in its appropriate way that authenticity is not about defining, you know, being wild or crazy or any specific thing. It's about embodying your you-ness and that increases your incredible communication skills is for you to just be you because that's enough. Okay. So number three, tell a story. You guys have heard this so, so, so many times. So let me back up. Um, story is connected to memory and understanding. And so the structure of a story is something that the human brain is literally wired to understand. And so a story has a beginning, a middle and an end. Why I say that is because you need your story to follow a beginning, middle, and end. So you're not jumping all over the place and wait, 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 let me back up. Just be organized around what you're trying to communicate. And then a story has a hero, has a limited number of characters, and there is a transformation. There is a beginning and there is a change. And then there is a happy, happily ever after, right? And so simplifying your story into the most impactful pieces. And you guys, there's plenty of you out there that add too much detail. If the detail is not driving the story forward in an emotional way, cut it because you're just listening to yourself talk. So learn how to tell a story. Now, um, I will actually give you an example. One of the most marvelous natural storytellers I have ever, ever come across. Her name is Cher Hukel. And we did a podcast that just went live with her. And oh my gosh, you guys, first of all, you'll just enjoy it because she's such a brilliant storyteller. Number one, number two, her story is worthy of listening to. Number three, you will get so much out of this if you pay attention to her natural style. She doesn't try to force it, but you can learn a lot from other brilliant storytellers about what they do say and what they don't say and why you are so, so unbelievably engaged. So tell a story. And here's the other thing, you guys, stories don't often just randomly pop into your head. You need to curate them and cultivate them. What are the stories in your life that are important that help you illustrate that point. Typically, this requires some planning and pre-thought and most great stories and storytelling ability is because it's been repeated and it's been honed and that's okay because a great story is worth retelling. People don't get tired of it. They get excited by it when they know where this is going and they understand why you're telling this story again. So people can invest in you more deeply because they know you better when you do tell a story. So I think this is incredibly, incredibly important. Learn how to be a good storyteller. Do it on purpose. Um, and by the way, you've got your whole life to be better, right? No matter what role that you're playing in your life, you will continue to need to tell stories until the day you die. You might as well go be awesome at it. 
right? So learn how to tell a great story. Okay, for any of you who are in a professional environment, whether you're educating or influencing or persuading or anything like that, and you have to use visuals, do not show the same thing that you are telling. What you want your slides to communicate is the emotion and the excitement or the impact of what you're saying. Visuals are meant to simplify and solidify what you're saying. We have lots of words, lots of space to use lots of words. Don't put words on your slide. What a waste. Trust your audience to be able to listen to you and use your slides to help them remember because people believe what they see, right? Seeing is believing. We've all heard that before. It's true, you guys. And so use your images to tell a story, to communicate the emotion, to make it more significant, but never waste slides on words. Never, never, never. So if you are using visuals, use them well. If you don't know what that means, learn, right? Hop on YouTube, post a question for me about that, you know, get some feedback on how, you know, from somebody who's brilliant at design or at visual communication about how to use visuals to really make an exciting and impactful addition to your presentation. So super, super important. Make sure that visuals are visual and that they are not just showing words. Okay, so number five, this is a pro tip and it's important for everyone. Nail your opening. You know what people will remember? They remember how you made them feel and they remember specifically how they felt the first couple minutes of your presentation and how they felt felt by the end in the last couple minutes of the presentation. So you've got to nail your opening. Now, this is something that I'm actually personally working on. Um, one of my most effective approaches to introductions is write out your introduction and then kill all of the boring stuff. And guys, this includes you killing the part where you introduce yourself killing the part where you tell the blah, 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 who we are and the boring stuff. It literally oftentimes means get straight into the story. Do not use that inane college essay advice of tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you told them. Talk about a boring communication strategy. No, no, no. Get straight to the meat. Ask yourself what's interesting, what would I want to hear and what would I want to experience? And then go straight there. Go ahead, spoil the ending, bring your best to the front because once you've got them on the hook, then you can get into the meat faster, which brings more value. So nail your opening and your opening is only a couple minutes, right? So cut all of the waste, cut the stuff that is boring and that communicates to them. You are about to be boring for the next five minutes, 10 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever. But don't, don't communicate boringness by bringing boring content to the table. So then of course, number six is no surprise. It's nail your ending, right? So same thing. Don't just say something like, you know what I mean? And just, and let it distill down. And don't just repeat everything that you've said, clarify for yourself how you want to wrap up and how you want to leave people. And this is in one-to-one -one communication, 
as well as audience, one to many communication. So really make sure that you nail down that closing piece. Get used to your final cut. Get, you know, find the words that succinctly wrap things up. Even if it's a rep repetition where you have a, like a consistent sign off, like onward and upward as an example, but find a period on the end of your sentence and know how to stop appropriately and effectively. So make sure that you nail your closing. Find what works for you. It might be a story at the end. It might be a joke. It might be some words of encouragement. It might be something powerful, but make sure that it does have emotional impact. Nail your closing. All right, number seven. I wrote down, use your vulnerability as a strength. So this is actually a nuanced layer over name it and claim it, right? So this goes again to the introvert extrovert piece, but it's allowing your audience into your experience. And again, this can be one-to-one -one communication or one-to-many communication. And here's what I mean. If you're nervous, admit that you're nervous. If you're flustered, admit that you're flustered. Name it and claim it from a vulnerability standpoint. So if there is something that is undoing you, be human and allow that humanity to actually be your strength because it takes confidence to tell the truth about where you're at in any given moment. And it also requires confidence because it's inviting that person in to a place of compassion and they might step into it with that point of view and they might not. However, if you are bumbling and babbling through something because of nervousness, as an example, that can only hurt you. But if you name it, people have a tendency to give you the space and the grace to listen more deeply to what you're saying versus how you're saying it and the nervous ticks maybe that you are embodying. And on top of that, believe it or not, when you name it, it is shocking that it will go away. It is so surprising because really for me, what happens when I do this is it no longer has power on me. It's no longer the one thing that I'm thinking about and freaking out about while my words are trying to come out clear and my body is trying to communicate something different, but inside my head, I'm, I'm saying, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I sound like an idiot, blah, 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 right? Like you're immediately sabotaging yourself, but when you name it, it ceases to have the claim and the power over you. So name it and claim it. That's another level of this, but it's okay to be human and be vulnerable because most people get it. And if the other person doesn't get it, they might not be worthy of this communication anyway. So side note. Okay. Let's see. Number eight. All right. This is actually a small talk tip and I love this tip. And so for you small talkers that are totally marvelous at this, go ahead and dump a whole bunch of your best tips in there. But so this is really for my introverts out there who struggle with small talk and feel it's frustrating, et cetera, et cetera. End on a question. So if someone says, how are you? Don't just say fine, right? Answer, however you want to answer, I recommend a little more honestly than fine because it's more interesting and honesty is better for communication. But then, of course, you would say, well, how about you? If you can learn to always put a question at the end of your communication, 
This is eternal volleying back and forth, no matter what. And come up with a couple interesting questions. I mean, here's one. What's the most interesting thing that's happened to you this week? That's a question that people actually really have to stop and think about. And so they're going to give you something interesting and there are going to be a million entry points for you to ask a follow-up question on that. This is communicating that you actually care about the person that you are in front of. You actually are interested in what they are thinking or how they are doing or what they are experiencing. And that makes you fascinating. You are giving people validation by inviting them to talk about themselves. And that is the best possible small talk tool that you can possibly have is to simply be present and respectful of someone right in front of you. So always end on a question if you struggle with small talk, because you will never struggle with small talk ever again. Simply ask questions, follow your curiosity. So simple. Okay. Number nine. Now this is always the heartbeat through any communication advice, marketing communication, professional communication, personal communication, public speaking that I give. And it's that it's not about you. Now, here's what I mean by that. Let's unpack this a little bit. So number one, going back to name it and claim it, when you are nervous and your nervousness is undoing your effectiveness, it's because you're thinking about yourself. When you cannot come up with a follow-up question in small talk, it's because you're thinking about how you're being perceived and what you just said and how that just went. You are focusing on you. When you are in a crucial conversation or some sort of conflict environment where you've got to navigate hot communication, heated scenarios, right? Emotion and name like and finger pointing and all of this comes from fear and defensiveness where you are thinking about you, where you are not trying to think, how do we get out of this together? How do we find a point of agreement? How do we find a point of unity? You are thinking, it's not fair. They're so mean to me. What about me? What about what I want? And you're creating a defensive posture because you are solely focused on yourself. Additionally, there are times like, let's pretend that you went through a conversation that you felt was great and you were enjoying it so much. And then nothing awesome came out of it. Just crickets. Like you got ghosted. I'll give you one hint. What happened in that? It was that you were making it all about you. You talked only about yourself. You paid attention only to how you felt about that communication. You only told your stories. You didn't ask any questions. It was only about you. And there is no room for anyone else when you are full of yourself. That is why phrases like that exist, because it literally means you smushed every bit of space out of your communication, out of your relationship, out of that scenario for anyone to coexist with you. And that is not connection, right? It's not about you. The second I step on stage, if I am feeling nervous, all I have to do is look at the audience and think about them and think about what do I want for them? What do I want them to come away with? How do I want them to change by the end of this presentation? What do I want them to have learned or what do I want them to do? And all of a sudden, 
you will be blown away at how your natural North Star orients and it calms down nerves, it calms down adrenaline, it calms down things that may be undoing you because now your focus is in the right place and it is much, much easier to communicate powerfully when you actually really care about what's happening for the other person. It is the number one tip of amazing speakers is they are learning to empty themselves of themselves because the most important person in their speech is the audience. And that can be an audience of one or an audience of thousands, but it's not about the speaker. In brilliant, powerful, and effective communication, you know it because you felt well-served on the other side of it. Even stories about them invited you along, right? Gave you an experience, gave you an opportunity to participate. And that is exciting. And by the way, it is healthy and effective for you to learn how to do this on every possible level. So I serve in leadership. That phrase is so powerful and it's such an effective approach. And so it's about bringing servant leadership into your words because you're present with people. So that's number nine. And then number 10, be prepared, practice, get better. You are going to have to communicate for the rest of your life. You might as well be effective. You might as well be good at it. If you have to do it anyways, go be awesome. But being awesome does not happen on accident, you guys. The best speakers you've ever seen, even if they have some natural charisma, they polished it. They curated it. They learned how to hold back. For instance, for me, when I have a lot of energy, I have to learn how to make sure that that does not overwhelm people. And it still happens. I can tell the second I'm starting to go into overdrive where I'm no longer serving, but I'm selling myself and it's annoying and it's not engaging, right? And so no matter if there's any sort of natural component to my talents or giftings that have something to do with communication, it's not unearned because it doesn't just come out flawless. There's a lot of practice. I say things out loud frequently. I retell stories. I pay attention to what people cared about. I pay attention to when they changed or when they got defensive or when they got different. And I learn from them and I hone my skills. You are using words every single day. Use them well, use them well because your words will direct your outcomes. They will direct your joy. They will direct your success. Make them count, right? Build a world that you want to live in with your words. That means let your words be kind, let them be bold, let them be sincere, let them tell the truth. Don't let them have waste and garbage and in indulgence of negativity. Don't, don't do that. You are better than that. You deserve better than that. So do not let your words, like the Bible talks about, the tongue is the rudder that can steer the ship. Don't let your words steer you into a life that you never really wanted because unkind words are revisited with unkind words. Foolish words attract other foolish words, right? So give what you want to get and go back 
to that piece about vulnerability potentially being your strength because it is going to feel uncomfortable. But guess what? Your potential and your life and your joy, they're worth it. And so it's okay if you're uncomfortable because that's how you get better. And then on top of that, it's how you serve other people because then when you know that they are uncomfortable, you've been there and you can walk alongside of them and help them through it as well. So thank you guys so much. I hope this served you guys. David, it's great to see you on here. Um, and I would love to hear if you guys use any of these tips. I would love to hear what questions or concerns that you have um, and maybe hopefully pour into you guys about that. So if you are not doing that already, please uh, follow me on social media and go find Corporate Caffeine, the podcast on iTunes or YouTube or Spotify or your favorite platform. We would love um, your subscribe and your thumbs up, your likes for that if you find this worthy. And definitely, definitely go back and check out some of our most recent episodes. Share is going to knock your socks off. So really, really make sure that you check hers out and love to you guys onward and upward.